0: Welcome to another episode of why are you listening to this? Like, seriously, why? Why are you listening to this? Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce myself. I'm none other than the fabulous drama, Dupree. <laughs> and you're listening to The John Effect Podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy John as he enjoys entertaining each and every one of you. Now, let's dive into this episode's topic. Very pleasant good evening, ladies and Ladies and gentlemen, it, 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 it is now time, the one and only, <laughs> there never will be another. You are listening to the John Effects Podcast. This is episode 353. New listeners, welcome, returning listeners, welcome back. I am your host, John Salvatore a.k.a. Jamal Senior, a master of ceremony. Cuban Roast in the Flesh, the podcast quarterback, Fidel Cashflow, the Pod Father, the Afro Latino Ryan Reynolds, On These Hosts, Cheekbone Jones, Three Bun Poppy, Bro Livia Pope, John Quixote, John Stradamus, Juancito Fuego, the Young OG, 68 Savage because the OD's niggas won, the Prince of Potomac, Mr. Carte Blanche himself, BKA, being hot gets you the MVP, staying hot gets you Hall of Fame, and you already know what time it is, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, I am clocking in for the first episode of February, happy Black History Month to everyone out there, so let's get it shaking, let's get it cracking housekeeping where you can listen to this critically acclaimed podcast so many places first and foremost you can listen on apple podcast and when you listen on apple podcast make sure you go over there to subscribe don't just listen over there but subscribe Rate the show, four or five stars, preferably five, and write a review. If you write a review, scream at me on some platform. Let me know you've done so. I would love to read those on air. You can also listen and rate on Spotify Podcasts. You can listen on iHeartRadio. You can listen on Acast, Overcast. You can listen on Spotify for podcasts. You can listen on Audible. You can listen on Amazon music or podcast Amazon period you can listen on Pandora you can listen on Radio Republic you can listen on Google podcast for however long that's going to remain up places you can find me you can find me on give me one second guys you can find me everywhere i'm super interactive i'm not one of those you know podcasters i use the air quote terms for that that just puts out stuff and doesn't you know respond or doesn't interact with the audience or engage i'm super interactive so you can first and foremost find me on twitter (laughs) the john effect (laughs) T-H-E-J-O-H-N-E-F-F-E-C-T. Ah, got it right, got it right, spelled it right on the first take, and I have been drinking, drinking, so go star for me. Uh, you can also follow me on TikTok. So I'm kind of in the spot where I am revamping and trying to find my footing on how I want to approach TikTok. Before I was doing a lot of clips of just the show, but I want to show a different side. I want to, you know, we'll get more to that. Well, I want to present differently on TikTok and I want to be more organic in my true self. And the show is not the only reflection of me. It is an extension of me, but it's not all of me. And I want my TikTok to reflect that. So I'm going to be working on that and, and kind of getting my footing there. Um, Also, you can follow me on (laughs) Instagram, The John Effect. Follow the show's Instagram page, The John Effect Pod. Um, Where else? Facebook.com forward slash The John Effect Podcast. My links for my show are there. Links for the other shows I listen to are there. Um, You can email the show, The John Effect Podcast at gmail.com. If you want to call into the show you want to text the show you want to talk your um, uh, make sure you text me text the show 202-643-8776 um you know if you want to send a uh, girl fuck you to jackie and john uh we will play those on our episodes you can send those to the same number or you can email that show's page jackie john pod um you know some more housekeeping wrapped up another session of what was i made for amazing recording one left and can i say this two months until april and you already know february short so nigga i'm excited like my first event series for this year um got some things in motion uh Candace from Ratchet Ramblings will be joining Jackie and I um, for our February takeover. We're always excited to have Candace and Frey in the mix with us. Um, and then I'm going to record the first 13 questions with Salvatore. I just have to decide who's going to be my first guest because, I've made a list, you know, I'm blessed and honored that people fuck with me that agree to do the show without hesitation. So looking forward to that, Um, let's slide into some personal effects. So I love the fact that when I'm just living life, and you know, not focused on the podcast, life just happens. And bros weekend is a staple in my life and a staple of conversation on this podcast so you know last weekend i was in maryland Um, of course i got to spend the weekend with my best friend and his partner steven um had a great weekend so (laughs) my best friend has parking in his complex in the garage and typically like i'll Forget like I have a routine. We when I drive up there, it's, a, it's about a four-hour drive. Um, my legs be burning because I'm sitting so long. I always, you know, we grab something to eat. I take a nap. You know, we go to the gym, prep up for the evening, come back. So Friday night, <laughs> we we go out, and I'm like, oh shit, we about to, the Uber's about to pick us up, and I'm like, I did not register for parking. So, I register for parking like 11 o'clock at night. So, we get in from festivities that evening or that morning, um, like 2 o'clock. So, as we're coming through the thing, I'm like, wait a minute. Where's my car? (laughs) My car is not here. I'm like, I'll be a monkey's uncle. My car has been towed. Okay, no worries. You know, things happen. I learned my mistake. This is probably the second time, maybe third time in my life that my car has been towed. So we call the number that's on the gate when your car is towed from towing company. So I call, nobody answers. So me and Ray are like, you know what? Let's go up there. um, Because it's probably like 20, 25 minutes away. So... We get to the address and it's like, it's a junkyard. So maybe this is my naivete, but the last time I remember getting my car towed back in 2003, 2004, it was that type of situation, but there was like a trailer office that you could walk in and say, Hey, I want to pay for my car to be released from the impound. So that wasn't the case. So I called like seven times. No one answers. So I'm just out here in this part of Maryland at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I want my car tonight because I don't want to have to deal with all these rigmarole and traffic in the morning. And plus, we've already driven out here. So I'm just like, yo, what's going on? So I'm out here. Again, it's just a gate and it had been raining and snowing the previous weekend. So I run into, cause it, it's in this weird position where it's by fueling for trucks, and then it's like um, a royal farm. So this guy stops me and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. He was like, what's going on? I was like, yo, my car got towed and I'm trying to get in here so I can pay for it and bounce. He's like, oh yeah, my homeboy um, owns this, lot so um let me hit him up he should be here in a few okay cool no worries so a few comes and he's like yo we only take cash okay i don't carry cash like i'm a nigga that carries a a card with quickness or a little bit of cash for you know whatever so he's like it's xyz price no problem i got it no big deal so i'm like i don't have cash app because i got hacked on cash app a couple years ago So it's like, I take cash. I'm like, okay. So I go to the ATM. I go to the ATM and I'm like, I put in my pen and how much I want to take out. It shoots out $20. I'm like, okay. So I go to the other ATM next to it, get my cash. He, of course, he's like, oh, I don't have change. All right, boss, whatever. Here's the money. So I go and get my car. There's no pavement. It's just mud. So here I am, I'm wearing my blue fives. This is literally my second time wearing these sneakers. And these sneakers have a white sole. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. My car isn't too far back, but I still have to walk in the mud. So I'm walking in the mud to get to my car to get out. And I'm like, ugh. I hope my shoes aren't ruined. Luckily, they were. I scrubbed them, the bottom of them down. It was fine. We get out. We come back. It's li- literally, we get back to Ray's spot. It's like five o'clock in the morning. We spent this long at getting my car from leaving his house. I have not had a five o'clock in the morning, evening, probably... In over 10 years, I want to say the last time I had an evening where I got back to my place of residence or where I was staying, probably 2011, 20, yeah, 2011. So mind you, 2011, I was still in my twenties. I am a mature and sexy 40, excuse me. Keeping these hours? I keep nice, clean Caucasian hours. I don't, I'm not in any streets like this. Like, in prior to that, I want to say I hadn't stayed out that late since the early 2000s, when I was in my fresh early 20s. So I'm tired. We. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm frazzled because I did not prepare for my evening to go. I'm thinking we're going to come in. I'm going to eat my checkers because I have a little bit of an appetite despite being on these shots. And I'm going to go to sleep. No, no, no. That wasn't the case. But all I can say is God is good all the time. So we go out the next evening. So we go out the next evening and <laughs> I I packed my ensembles for the weekend based off of the weather. I did not account for it raining on Saturday. So Saturday, I break out my nude Timberlands. Not nude for me because I'm, I'm a sumptuous brown complexion. But these Timberlands are called nude nonetheless. So I have the Timbs on and it's raining and I get a smudge on the inside of the boot and I'm livid uh, because it's raining and we are out in these streets in an Uber. And I'm like, okay. Why is this my life right now? But again, I'm, 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 and we decide to go to a different place. So we we always see this place when we're on our way to Nellie's and it's called Shakers. So we go inside a Shaker. So it's me, Ray, and Stephen, and I'm like, oh, this is what. So it makes sense why the place is called Shakers because I won't say they were go-go boys, but it was two, it was two men, Uh harnesses tacky underwear, and I don't want to say an off-brand boot, but not a quality boot, Um, shaking and gyrating to um, dance music from the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, One is white, Conventionally attractive, has a conventionally attractive body. The other one is thicker, so I do applaud the representation um, with the nooks and crannies and the curves that this man possessed, which was, you know, very suiting. And I want to say he may have been of mixed race because he did not necessarily look white. So we're in here, you know, vibing out, checking things out. So the guy, a guy comes up to one of the dancers, I want to say the uh, thicker gentleman, and he kisses him in the mouth. He gives him some money, kisses him in the mouth. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking this is his boyfriend tipping him. So I was like, oh, that's sweet. So then a different gentleman, a few minutes later, um, tips him and then he proceeds to kiss him in the mouth. And I'm like, oh, this is what we do. I will not be tipping anyone because I do not want anyone that I do not know to kiss me in the mouth, despite how attractive you are. Um, so, you know. So this, this is probably one of the few times that we have gone out that I did not drink. So I did not drink Saturday, but I did drink Friday. Still had a great weekend nonetheless. Um, Soul Mexican was hitting the spots. Um, it's just fellowship, my brothers. I, I love them to pieces, so I'm always going to have a great time no matter what we do. I'm definitely gearing up and looking forward to trying something a little different for Bros weekend uh, for February, but I'm gonna finish up my cocktail and I'll catch you guys after the flip or flip-esque I am going to say this everything on this docket is allegedly my money is for me I Said what I said everything on the docket, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. All right, guys. Let's get into the first docket of the month. The Grammys happened. And I've said this on this show about different things, you know, different programs, different life events. I'm not going to say that I have Aged out of the Grammys. I will say this I have what I have aged out of is I've aged out of the video music awards. The Grammys, on the other hand, it's tricky. It's tricky, but it's not. If you're going if if there's going to be a performer that's I go up for, I'm gonna tune in for their performance. Maybe the whole show. Who knows? If you're gonna have a Tony Braxton, Alicia Keys, a Christina Aguilera, a John Legend, a John Mayer, I'm gonna tune in for those performances. Um Jay-Z, I'm gonna tune in for that performance. But I found myself for the better part of the last maybe five to seven years that the big nominees for the show have been either artists that i don't really check for or artists that i don't know who they are and that's just you know i'm i'm 40 like i'm 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 an elder millennial, like you know my artists that i i'm still listening to the same artists from 20 25 30 years ago very few younger, newer artists have really, you know, crept in and gotten into my playlist and gotten into my, you know, radar or what have you. Um, so that's that. Now, I've always said I can be an unbiased fan, I'm a fan, I'm never a stand, I'm an unbiased fan. I know how to look at things subjectively. I know how to separate the artists from what they do and what they stand for. Jay-Z, Sean Corey Carter. I've been a fan of Jay-Z for over 25 years. Sidebar. One of my homeboys told me over the weekend that... Magna Carta, Holy Grail is a better album than Kingdom Come. Yo, suck my dick. (laughs) It's not. Kingdom Come may not have been the proper follow-up to the Black Album, which, I mean, it's the Black Album. But to say that Magna Carta, Holy Grail is a better album is wild. As a body of work, Kingdom Come is eh. But all, the songs that really work, work. The songs that are really good are good. The songs that are eh are just mid. Uh, but back to the, the topic at hand. <sighs> G- One, calling this award what it's called and being named after Dr. Dre is wild. It's like... You can't revamp this. Like you can't take this back to the drawing board. Dr. Dre has always been a piece of shit. Um, and then I find it interesting, and it's great that this award was televised. But some of the urban categories, why can't they get televised? Like I feel like the Grammys be like seven hours, and we could get more tele, you know, more categories on the live stage. But whatever. I saw where Jay-Z was going with his speech. You know, I too am honest when I'm nervous. I it, I just it's how do I? It's like you said that on the stage and we all know the committee, the panel for the Grammys have biases and they have blind spots that they need to overcome and where they think they are making strides with more diversity and inclusion, um, it's typically in expanding categories and trying to fill off, or excuse me, check off, you know, diversity blocks and not really putting that towards you know, the major awards, the big five, so to speak. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Beyonce fan. Like, I used to be in the Beehive, and I was like, you know what? I'm not drinking this Kool-Aid anymore. Uh, two things can be true. You can win the most Grammys, and you can also not win album of the year. That's how, that, that, that is, that's reality. That's opinions or facts. That, those two things can simultaneously coexist. Um, a lot of Beyonce's awards and nominations come from r and categories, a few pop categories, but majority R&B categories. So she more so is an r and artist that does have the appeal and the crossover effect, but the majority of her nominations are and wins are in urban categories. So I can understand that, but that's your wife. But I also understand, you know, you're going to go for your wife and you're going to talk that shit. I, I was like, I was like, you know what? I wasn't embarrassed. I'm never gonna be embarrassed for somebody else, but it, it just it. I feel like it didn't hit the way a lot of people I saw on the timeline were making it seem to be, and it's just like, eh, okay. Like it kind of went in one ear out the other, and a lot of people say, "Oh, the Grammys don't matter. The Grammys don't matter." Give me a fucking break! Like the majority of musical artists. Aspire Want to win a Grammy they want to be Grammy award-winning XYZ the same way television actors want to You know get the Emmy get the Golden Globe the same way, you know Movie actors want to get the Oscar they want the nomination like those things matter and to say that they don't maybe to some people They don't Um, some people are just out here for a check and there's nothing wrong out here being for a check, but you want to be rewarded for your good work that's like you at work like you want to do your great work so that you, when it's time for your review that you get compensated handsomely you're not gonna you know well some let me walk it back some people do they go to work just to get the check or they go to work just to go to work and I, I my mind thinks of things in that space so it's just like ah eh, whatever I'm not a musical artist I My opinion is just my opinion. Again, it's not facts. I can say this, my favorite artists are multi-Grammy winners. Usher, Christina Aguilera, Alicia Keys, uh, John Mayer, John Legend, uh, Tony Braxton, all Meg Thee Stallion, all have multiple Grammys. It is what it is. Next item on the docket. The last few days, the last week and some change, has really reinforced that the internet is a weird place. And I've been saying these remarks or this particular remark Mm. the last couple of years, and I think it really, the bubble really burst once the pandemic started and everyone was home and everyone had more free time. And we were inundated with knowing far too much about strangers. And I've, I've been saying this and I, I it's in my mind that you can be whoever you want to be and desire online. And a lot of times it is a far cry from who you really are. And maybe because I come from a different generation, you know, one of the last generations that was outside who i am online who i am on the show is who i am in real life like i'm just random i'm a nigga ass nigga i like shit, and i don't like shit. <laughs> um i want to say with this podcast i am more vulnerable i'm more open to you know to my business um online not as much because it's like why like Ugh, but whatever, but stan culture, and pick-me culture, and I-need-attention culture, they, and they said, they've said this, and I guess it never really stuck with me, because I don't live my life that way, that social media is a drug, and these motherfuckers are out here are ODing, like, I just, I couldn't imagine being a Fully realized, fully fleshed out adult, depending on social media for validation, for a laundry list of things to get me through the day. Like, to me, it's something to pass time. Like, I'm at the point where I literally am exhausted by the things that I see, but I'm like, you know what? I'm disengaging. I can't do this. I. I'm gonna go watch TV. I'm gonna go beat my dick. I'm going to go have some cheese. Like I just, I can't, I don't want this to rot my brain. And it's, it's getting to that point. And maybe it's because I'm older, I'm getting older. And the things that are more important to me are the simple things. And that sounds super cliche. And that definitely sounds like something an old head would say, but whatever. Like this is my platform, I'm gonna pop my shit. Um, last item on the docket. And I'm loving TikTok. Now TikTok, I will say, for the most part, if I'm not in the wrong algorithm, um, gives me the most satisfaction on the time of all my timelines. And you know, I've kind of scrubbed my TikTok page. I'm gonna plug my TikTok right here. Follow me on TikTok, The John Effect. Um, I've scrubbed all but three videos. I want to take a different approach with. TikTok, like I'm not going to be doing any dances or anything crazy like that. I kind of want my TikTok to be reflective of who I am. Before it was really just, you know, promotions for the podcast and clips from the show, but I'm no longer going to do that. But I, I came across this low maintenance, high maintenance type of friend. And I want to break john down by the numbers when it comes to this particular topic um i do have friends that listen to the show that are avid supporters staunch supporters i you know i have professional colleagues that listen to the show and you know have a strong familiarity with me and a a general knowledge of me um let me say this and as a friend i hold the title friend with a badge of honor like i'm not going to just say i'm your friend um i'm going to always show up be present be accountable for really have your back like you go to war with me i'm going to war with you you ride with me i'm riding with you to the wheels fall off this motherfucker like you have my undying support now i ain't giving you my blind loyalty because i will say this When you are wrong, I'm going to pull you to the side. I'm not going to embarrass you on front street. I will pull you to the side and be like, "Yo, this is what it is constructively, because I respect you. Uh, I'm like, I would would never call my friends out in public. Like, you know, you can get held accountable behind the scenes that I would hope the same for me, but I'm easy to approach as a friend. Don't start none won't be that like as long as you go with me, I'm going to shower you and and, and be that friend for you. Um, what I say I'm a low maintenance friend. Um, I'm the adaptable friend. like I can, I'm a, I'm a really good reader people. I know where to fit in because all friendships are not a one size fits all approach. It's just not that way. So My friendship with Ray is going who's my best friend, who's my brother, is going to be different than my friendship with an Andrew or a Kayla or you know a Jeremy or a Candace or you know other friends that I have that are not from social media. So you you have to approach it that way. And I wanna say I've been very proud of myself, especially at the height of the pandemic, probably, you know, through the pandemic, now we're an epidemic, that I've made it a point not to just sit, not for bragging rights, just to check in and be consistent. I'm, I'm the friend that is going to be consistent, check in on you, make sure you're good Send you a funny TikTok, send you a funny meme, send you a funny tweet. I'm the friend, if you have, you know, an iPhone, I'm going to send you random ass voice notes. And my friends that are listening can chime and attest to, I'm that guy. Like, I, I am going to, because a lot of loneliness set in. And it was very palpable for a lot of people during the pandemic, and you know some of us felt alone, and some of us didn't know what to do, and you know I, I said I'm going to make sure I am easily me, easily accessible to all of my friends, and it's not about oh my god such and such did I'm sorry, I talk Lisa more I want to kill myself <laughs> I I was like I don't care such and such didn't hit me at first, I'm going to hit them up because they were on my mind or something made me think of them. Um, But I will also say that you sometimes water dead flowers. And I'm not going to go into names, but I did realize that some people don't hold you down or, or look at you the same way that you look at them as far as friendship goes. And that's okay. And that's not, a, that's not a reason to be nasty or rude. I, I can still be civil. I can definitely be polite. Um, I can be cordial. Like I, I get it. I thought we were more f- much friendlier than we were and clearly we're not. And that's okay. It's not gonna hurt my feelings. It's not gonna stop my show, literally and mm-hmm. figuratively. <laughs> but I'm gonna freshen up this cocktail and we'll come back. And we're going to get into gold, silver, bronze. It's a double header. Uh, and then we're going to close it out. So hang tight. Yeah. It's that time, guys. It's time for gold, silver, bronze. Let's get it. This week's edition of Gold, Silver, Bronze, it's a super-sized edition. It's all about Usher Terry Raymond IV, eight studio albums, 100 million records sold worldwide, Uh, in my opinion, the modern king of R&B. So, in this first half of Gold, Silver, Bronze, we are going to take three of Usher's fantastic albums, and we're going to rank them gold, silver, bronze. Uh, first up, his sophomore album, My Way, released September 16, 1997. Peaked at number four on the Billboard 200. Seven times platinum. First week sales of 66000 Producers on the project, Babyface, Jermaine Dupri, singles include Makes Me Wanna, Nice and Slow, and My Way. Our next contender, his junior album, 8701, released July 7, 2001, debuted at number four, uh, and peaked at that position on the Billboard 200, four times platinum. Uh, first week sales of 210000 Production handled on this album by Neptune's Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Brian Michael Cox, um, and Diddy. Last and certainly not least, Usher's senior album, Confessions, released March 23rd, 2004. Debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 with one million plus records sold first week. Usher's first number one album. We got we got some heavy material here. So let me know in the thread who gets your gold, who gets your silver, who gets your bronze. Or if you are J Del Negro who beats to the who I'm drunk, who marches to the beat of his own drummer, shoot that gold silver bronze independently in your own tweet, which we respect and appreciate over here nonetheless. This one it's gonna be tricky for me because I'm a lifelong Usher fan. I've been an Usher fan um, since his first single uh, on this Poetic Justice soundtrack from '94. Or '93, I can't remember. I'm, I've been checking. Let's see i am going to give and i say this all i've said this on twitter for as long as i've been on twitter i've said this for the better part of 20 plus years my favorite usher record which has no skips 8701 8701 to me was his breakout for me like visually the rollout the music the production the videos as a whole you can't You can't replicate that. And Usher did he did he did his big one on this. Um, this came out when I I was eighteen, about to go into college, about to start my college experience, and you know, Usher was a few years ahead of me. So, you know, you look up to people and you, you know, you're like, Oh, okay, I like what they're doing. And at that time culture and impact was such a huge thing, you know, on teenagers, because I was a teenager at the time. And I was like, Oh, I want to dress like Usher. I wanna have that swag. And it was so, you know, easy to at that time to kind of replicate that and put your own spin on things. And you know, that aside, the music was great. Like the Neptunes, like this is when the Neptunes were on fire. Um, so yeah, I'm giving this album gold this is probably my favorite usher record probably one of my favorite r&b records of the 2000s so i'm giving it gold um i'm going to give a moderately placed silver to confessions i love confessions but i don't love it the way i love 8701 and this was this again this was just a few years later like i was about to come out of college, I was 21 when this record, or 21 when this record really took off. And again, like this, this you had to be there. This is when artists did full blown production and they did promotion and you know late night appearances, daytime appearances. You know, TRL was still a thing. 106th and Park was a thing, you know, top of the pops, all these things to get the records out, you know, magazine covers and just reading this. And there was so much hype around, you know, because Usher and Chili were going through their stuff and it are like, is this about Usher and Chili? And we found out it was really about, you know, BDI's Jermaine Dupree. And it was just like, okay, nonetheless. But this was an event album. 8701 was a breakthrough album. But Confessions was an event album. And I feel like when you release an album like Confessions, kind of like when you release an album like Thriller, no matter how good the music is, no matter how great you're dancing, how great you're looking, how great you're singing, it can be top, even better than the previous material. It's going to be hard to live up to. And I think that's where we give Usher, you know, kind of some. We don't give him the grace we need to give him. Because, you know, Here I Standard was a great album. Uh, Raymond versus Raymond was a great album. Uh, Looking for Myself was an okay album. Here to Hard to Love was an okay album. But those two albums that follow Confessions were, were not bad albums. They were probably up there for me with 8701, but it's hard to... Stand that because confessions was a blockbuster and it stayed around and it had legs. Um so it definitely gets my silver. By default I'm going to give my bronze oh, excuse me to my way. Um my way was fun. Like my way was my high school like I started high school in 1997 when this album came out Um, so this album was fresh as me being a sophomore so it's great that we have these three albums in my my span of time because we have my way when I'm starting high school and then we have 8701 after I've graduated high school about to go to college and then we have Confessions as I'm about to graduate from college Um, so Usher, <laughs> Usher definitely moved the needle uh, with all of these projects. Um, I loved the singles from My way. Some of the album tracks, they were okay, but you know this is at a point where it's the 90s and you're finding your sound and you know it was like this is the precut pre- uh, precursor to us who I'm drunk <laughs> to who Usher is going to be. Uh, so let's pop the top on our second half of this super size docket. Now we are going to break the singles down. Uh, singles from each one of these projects. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to give our gold out. We're going to give our silver out. We're going to give our bronze out. Our first contender, you make me one of the lead single released August 5th, 1997. Produced by Jermaine Dupri, Manuel Seal, peaked at number two on the Hot 100, And number one, on the hot R&B hip-hop songs, the single is three times platinum. Our next contender, you remind me, the lead single from... 8701, released May 22nd, 2001, produced by Edmund Clement, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis, took the summit position on both the Hot 100 and the Hot R&B hip-hop songs. Usher actually won his first Grammy for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance in 2002 for this ditty. And last and certainly not least, Yeah, featuring Ludacris and Little John, the lead single from Confessions, released January 29th, 2004, produced by Lil Jon, took the summit position on the Hot 100 and the Hot R&B hip-hop songs. The single is Platinum and Usher won another Grammy for Best Rap Song Collaboration. So guys, in the comments of the thread, let me know who gets your gold, who gets your silver, who gets your bronze. Now, this song's going to be a little different. So, I am going to give my gold to You Make Me Wanna. I, I love this song. Like, to me, this is timeless music. Artists these days, and I'm sounding like the old, nigga, in, in, old head right now, but I want to say Usher's generation of music, like, you know, the Usher's, the Alicia Keys, the Christina Aguilera's, the Maya's, the Beyonce's, the Brandy's and such, We don't have their counterparts for subsequent generations. Like y'all can say I know Spence is like, we have Summer Walker. Fuck Summer Walker. I don't I can't get into Summer Walker's music. I can't get into Scissors music. I can't get into Janae Aiko's music. I don't do RB granola music. I just can't do that. Like I don't want a Heathcliff Bar musical artist. And those are what those people give me. Um, I, I want robust R&B, I want luxury R&B, um, so yeah, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember, like, watch, record, this is when you recorded videos, I would record the video on VHS, and then I would try to learn the dance moves, and this is like, remember, I saw him in ninth grade, And I was doing like a hundred crunches a day because I wanted Usher abs. And I was like, nigga, your lanky ass is not getting Usher abs. Like I was super toned because I'm not 14 years old, but I'm also six feet and Usher's like five eight. So I'm lanky and awkward. I'm not getting Usher abs, but I tried. Um, And this song, Like, I remember hearing this at Winter Formal in 98. And then I remember hearing this at Winter Formal in 99. So I want to say for my whole high school experience, this song was played at, you know, dances or what have you. Um, And then it was like, you know, like I was, I was having inappropriate relationships and experiences with a, with a member of faculty from my high school at the time. And it was like, I wish this could be more serious, but it can't because one, oh god, (laughs) because I I technically am a child and you are an adult. But again, I was it was not any type of grooming. I was very headstrong at 14. I know what I like and I know what I want and you know, whatever. But nonetheless um so i'm gonna give my silver to you reminds me i love the video the vi- this is what like the video could make you love a song or not like a song and at first i was like the song on its own was all right then the video really made me love the song and then the dance break in the video really really made me love the song um still gets spent in this house in this web um yeah great song great song like I feel with this music like playing it today it doesn't even feel like it came out over twenty years ago um here's a controversial take, and this is definitely uh by default and plus I don't like the song I've never liked yeah like I yeah just really I was just like. Mm this is what we're doing. Mm. Like, I just like, I always scrunch my face up. Like, let me tell you, this used to send the club up. The club used to go up when the song came on. And I was just like, I, I was lukewarm to it in 2004. I was lukewarm to it in 2014. I was lukewarm to it in 2024. I don't like the song. I don't. And this is where, excuse me, this is where I say Usher has a tendency to, how do I say this politely? Because I don't want to disrespect this man's legacy. He has been known to follow trends and chase trends in music. And it's like you're Usher Raymond IV. Like you... I can kind of understand it in this pocket because it's 2004, but anything after that, you're Usher. You set the trend. You don't follow the trends. Um, and I can say, you know, Usher did follow some trends on, excuse me, on Raymond versus Raymond. And definitely looking for myself. Um, but I just, I don't, I, don't I, I, I love a Temple Usher, but I just, I did not like, yeah. I don't know. I I just I didn't like it. I, the production to me was scattered. Luda gave a, excuse me. I've been drinking. I've been drinking. Luda gave a great performance on this, but it's a it's it's a no for me, dog. I just I can't. As much as I want to love, yeah, yes. Not only yeah, one of my least favorite Usher singles video was great because we was really dressing like you know. We was really dressed in business casual in the club. Like, I remember where I didn't necessarily like the song. I enjoyed the video. Like, I remember rocking Blazers. Don't judge me. S. Doc Harden in <laughs> Jordans and Fitted Caps. I think that was the thing. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the song, no, could not do, could not do, could not do. Um, but, yeah, guys, thank you for hanging out with me. Um, and thank you for your continued support. I'm coming up on eight years, eight years on this mic, eight years in this podcast space. And I still enjoy doing the show, probably more so now than I did the first year. Because the first year was kind of shaky. It was like, I don't know what I'm really doing. But I'm gonna figure it out. And now that I figured it out and I've mastered it and I can sell it to others <laughs> and I you know, I can teach a teach master class. I'm I, I think I'm I think I'm good. I think I'm good money out here. But again, thank you so much for your continued support. Uh, I'm back for the rest of the month. We got some jackie and john we got another solo with me we got me and my homeboy and my ace, mr rain coleman be on the lookout for that run the numbers up for last month's episodes listen to jackie and john from last month listen to gay side stories we imagined from last month rain and i are on some new shit. like we have we got the cheat code and we we is all gas no breaks like we are doing the damn thing. And check us out. It's not what you think. You hear gay side stories. And I know some of the straight listeners, you know, mostly the males and some of the, you know, antiquated females still love you. And thank you for your, you know, support. But I know y'all are like, oh, gay, Mm-mm, baby. No, uh-uh. it, it, we are putting that on the TED. No pun intended. But until next time, I'll see you sweet lovers of liberty later. Bye, guys. Bye.